Hello and welcome to another another Client Questions Answered Thursday Property Pod from APW. It's our bite-sized, shorter podcast where we look at a specific client question that's been raised in the previous week um, and have a brief chat on it to give some guidance on that. So today we're going to be looking at unlocking or achieving how can I achieve high higher rental yields by using HMO properties or houses in multiple occupation. How does that sound? That's fine. Yes. I mean, it came up when I was speaking to a chap who's re- retired. He's just sold his property in Brazil. And the exchange rate from Brazil to Sterling is so bad because of the COVID issues that he didn't want to bring any money over to the UK unless he can get a super duper yield. And so we're talking about uh, HMOs, houses of multiple occupancy. Uh, and initially, it's like, well, we don't want the idea of that because it's all students and they're all got the tin, you know, got the tin tack or they're working from home or whatever it might be. And to certainly extent, that is true, but it's a geographic thing because in, in Scotland, according to the, the rules, the lease that is signed for a student at a HMO, the parents actually are on the hook for it. So if they don't, if the student doesn't pay, the parents have to, and they have to pay a year up front sounds crazy but apparently that is the case but also we also focus not on student occupied HMOs we focus on professionals so like near the Heath Hospital in Cardiff near some of the big hospitals in Bristol Nottingham things like Liverpool Royal Infirmary all these places do HMOs for professionals and the sort of yield you're getting is anything between seven and nine percent net which is after the manager, and this is the important thing, because you can't get a mortgage to buy a HMO unless you've got a year's experience of being a HMO manager. So chicken and egg, egg and chicken, which comes first? Age-old debate. But I think it's worth, it's worth saying there as well why, uh, why HMO properties achieve a much higher yield, you know, what's so special about them, what makes them different to your bog-standard uh, one bed flat or terraced house, um, you know, in the Midlands, a HMO house in multiple occupation. For people that don't know, you know, it's often you might if you went to university, you might have lived in one in your second, third, and fourth years. But it's basically a house that's had, you know, the different rooms. You've got a communal a communal kitchen and living space, but all the additional space and rooms have been co- converted into bedrooms usually. So instead of having a three bed family house where you've got one family paying rent for that house. You've got five bedrooms all rented out at a good rate in the same space. So you've got much more income coming in off that. Um, So that is why guys, you can achieve a slightly higher yield there because um, you've got more people. And then as well, if you listen to just talking on your point about Scotland there and and students, um, something Grant Property said in our webinar, we did with them last week, is um, they really like the student market because they're, they're very, very insensitive to price. You know, the price is very inelastic, I believe is the correct term. You can, because they're only there for a year or two, sometimes just a year, you can crank up the price or the rent each year and they're not going to feel it because it's a new set of students coming in. It's a new set of people. So actually they were saying last year they increased rents by 12 to 15% across the, their portfolio. And you can do that consistently with, HMOs and student lets because the turnaround of tenants 
is a little bit quicker than, a, say, a house, you know, where you may have a family in there for three or four years. You can't necessarily increase it that much every year, if at all. Whereas increasing the price on a room when you've got a student coming in one year, then out the next year is much more feasible. So you've got extra bedrooms giving you yield and then you've got the ability to actually charge a higher yield or a higher price for those rooms even. So that is why you get a much higher yield on HMOs. Mm, very sagacious. Interesting. Yes. I haven't listened to the, to the um, webinars yet because I haven't seen a copy. But um, when we do, I'll be interested to hear all that. Yeah, no, it, was, it was interesting. And, and like you say about the Scottish rules, that they were saying, you know, they're all done on one lease, one contract. So you've not got messy, you know, four or five different contracts to do. And then they're all, they've all got a guarantor, which is the parents. So you've actually got 10 people liable for a five-bedroom lease, the five students plus the five parents that are guaranteeing it. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good model, actually, if you look at what they're doing there. Um, yeah, and, and the ability to increase those rents means means consistently high yields. So, um, so interesting, but like you say, chicken and the egg, you can't necessarily get a mortgage unless you've got experience as a landlord. So is it the best, you know, it's the highest yield, but is it the best strategy for you? Maybe not if you haven't got existing experience. And it's also quite capital intensive, isn't it? You know, you need you need a lot more cash to get going with it. So um, well, if you're going to do it, you know, yourself and you haven't got a manager like um, Grant comes with a manager, you, you need to be in the UK to do it. So only really the model of the Grant having a manager there or buying a place with a manager already attached who will do all the day-to-day -day work because it is a shocker. I mean, people leaving because of arguments, you know, women um, who don't get on with other people, men who don't get on with other people, you know, all that student sort of uh, dynamic, these sort of turbulence. And by, by their own nature, they're only kids often just out from home. So they, they can cause problems. So unless you've got a good manager, don't do it unless you're living in the UK. That's what my advice would be. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to manage it yourself. I think you can you can be overseas as long as you've got a good manager as a buffer in between, <laughs> in between you and, and and the punters or the students. So, um, so yeah, but as you say, you know, outside of students, you've got professional HMOs as well. You know, I've, I've got a lot of um, friends, believe it or not. Um, a lot of them move to the big, is that what you call London, the big smoke, or is that the big apple or the big cheese? One of those, or the big something. It used, to, it used to be called the big smoke, yes. But I think that was when it they had a lot of smoke. Nowadays, I don't think they do, do they? And then during the, the war, apparently, during, during the blackout, you'd get, you'd get fog, fogs, and all the chimneys are so bad, you'd get smog. And the smog was so bad that you couldn't see car lights driving around. And because it was the war, you were allowed to put full beam on anyway. So it led to a lot of traffic deaths at the time. So quite um, quite a dangerous thing. Quite, quite, an, apt, point. quite an apt name, really. But uh, yeah, so they they um, they all live in HMOs, right? Because they're you know they're they're not really at an age where they can afford to buy it in London. You know they can't. Um... <laughs> For, for those that can't see, we've just had a bit of a headphone malfunction and it's all sorted now. But they can't afford to buy, right? So they all, and they can't often afford to rent a place on their own, you know, unless they're partnered up. Um, 
And so a lot of them do live in, in HMOs and those are professional HMOs, right? Where you've got professional people. So, you know, if you, if you want a professional HMO, you need to buy to suit your market, right? So where professional HMO people, bigger cities, you know, you're not going to get as many professional HMO people in, I don't know, I was, I was going to use Swansea as an example, but I think that's probably quite a bad example because you do have a bit of med tech and, and engineering and stuff down in Swansea. But um, anyway, I'd say, you know, stick to, stick to the old favourites, you know, Nottingham, Leicester, Manchester, London. Yeah. London's too expensive, I think. There's the Bristol, those are locations I think I think to go. But yeah, that was the question. The question was, how can I get a high back to the point? How can we get a high yield on it? So the suggestion I gave him was a HMO as an option. Uh, alternatively, you do things like a housing association property, which is giving a yield, fixed yield of 8% with five-year contracts. Then there's no management at all, and the tenant is, is the government. So housing association property is very good. Other things that give you super high yields and their physical property. Um, you can look at care homes. You know, we have a company we work with that gives you between 8 and 10%. Um, but I mean, these are higher risk options as opposed to HMO. So there we go. That's what I, my, my suggestion was to the client involved. Whether he thinks it's a good idea, I don't know. I've yet to speak to him again. Well, there we go. Uh, I think we leave it there. If you want more info on the higher yield stuff, go and check out our webinar with Grand Property. Get in touch. Go in and look at some of our videos on strategies on, on our YouTube and various bits and bobs. And, um, and there you go. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks very much, Stuart, for, for that. Um, I'll see you next Monday for our main podcast release. Okay. Thanks, Tom. You take care. Cheerio now. Bye-bye. Take care now. Bye. Bye. Bye.